Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Wednesday, April 12th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And it includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Maya Sargent. And I'm Taylor Masada. Here's the latest from the tri-state area. A police reform panel was held this morning at the Sheraton Hotel in Times Square. Civil rights attorney Ben Crump and civil rights activist Reverend Al Sharpton were in attendance. The panel was part of a series of events being held this week by the National Action Network, one of the leading civil rights organizations in the country. Family members of George Floyd, Tyree Nichols, and Eric Garner spoke at the event. They shared their own experiences with police misconduct and discussed new reforms they would like to see implemented. Times Square has been the site of other New York Police Department activity this week as well. That's right, Taylor. Yesterday morning, the NYPD tested three new devices that will be used alongside police officers. The first is called a shot spotter. It will make it possible for officers to attach a GPS tracking device to other cars from a distance. Another device is a security robot that will be used to patrol confined public areas like subway stations. The final new piece of technology is called the DigiDog, which is a remote-controlled robotic dog that will be used to evaluate dangerous situations. These devices are currently on loan by the NYPD. They want to test them out and find new ways to increase officer and resident safety. This week, New York City is cracking down on trucks holding a little too much cargo. The Brooklyn-Queens Expressway is starting to crumble. And in response, the city plans to build way-in-motion sensors to stop heavier vehicles from further damaging the BQE. If a truck exceeds the legal weight limit of 40 tons, it will automatically be issued a fine. These will cost up to $7,000. A start date for the ticketing system has not yet been announced. New York City Council has passed a bill banning the sale of guinea pigs in pet stores. However, New Yorkers can still adopt guinea pigs from animal shelters and are encouraged to do so. This bill targets overwhelmed animal shelters, which face a much increased number of surrendered guinea pigs. This comes in response to a massive surge in impulse pet purchases during the pandemic. Once lockdowns were lifted, many owners realized that they could not properly take care of the guinea pigs. Shelters say they've received 200 guinea pigs just this year. After spending months in Russian captivity, basketball star Brittany Griner is ready to share her story. She is writing a memoir about her experiences. It's scheduled to release in spring 2024. Last February, Griner was arrested in Moscow on drug-related charges after authorities discovered vape cartridges containing cannabis in her luggage. She spent nearly 10 months in a Russian prison, and a prison swap got her home last December. Griner says that she hopes the memoir will raise awareness for other Americans detained in Russia. In the meantime, Griner will return to the court for the Phoenix Mercury once the WNBA season starts in May. Guitarist Peter Frampton may have completed his farewell tour, but he doesn't want to put the mic down just yet. Frampton ended each of his shows by telling audiences to never say never for a comeback. Now he's kicking off the aptly named Never Say Never Tour this summer. Frampton suffers from a degenerative muscle disease, which prompted his farewell shows. However, he says he's feeling strong, so will continue performing. Never Say Never kicks off in Ohio on June 21st. Frampton will perform around New York State from July 23rd to the 28th. 
And in some light entertainment history for you, on this day in 1954, recording began for Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley and his Comets. Rock Around the Clock would go on to spend 24 weeks at Billboard's number one spot, one of the first rock and roll songs to do so. Every month, we feature an installment of Fordham Conversations. This month, WFUV's David Escobar sat down with a Fordham professor to learn more about his new one-man show, Asterisk Mark. There's something about the connection with the audience that happens in a solo show that's really unique, and that's been an experience that I have really cherished. That's George Trance, artist-in-residence at Fordham University's Lincoln Center. He's starring in a new one-man show at Theater 315 that reimagines the entire gospel of Mark, telling it through the eyes of the earliest Christians. I brought all the questions, but when we sat down to discuss the play, I had to get to the bottom of something first. It's unusual name. Before I even begin, I want to know, is it Asterix Mark? Is it Mark? Tell me a little bit about this. Great. Yeah, it is. It's Asterisk Mark. One of the theories about why the asterisk became a Christian symbol was it's the first two letters of Jesus' name in Greek. So, Isus Christos, uh, it would be the I and the X superimposed upon each other. Um, it was really a way for early Christians to know if the person that they were speaking with was safe. And the reason why we chose to do that is because uh, the situation that the Christians in the first century of Rome were facing was the situation that people in uh, 21st century New York are facing. So we're having it told with the voice of a street artist, someone who does chalk graffiti on the ground. And we looked at very early Christian graffiti. There are two things that really stood out to me. Uh, the fish, which is part of the, the symbol that we're using for all of the, the ways in which we promote the show and talk about the show, but then also the asterisk. There, there kind of is like this different style to telling the gospel that you're getting at. And um, I, I, I guess, why are you telling it through the lens of the earliest Christians? Like what about their story do you feel like maybe aligns with the message of the gospel? Uh, I started talking with a friend of mine, a director, Luann Purcell Jennings, and asked her to direct the piece. And the big question that we were grappling with was, how did something that started out as something that was so threatening to the status quo, preaching the gospel, living the way of Christ, how did something that was so rebellious or on the margins in those days, how did that become something that winds up on pump bumper stickers or coffee mugs? And so um, we were looking at trying to get back to the original impulse of the gospel. What did it mean for these things to be good news to a people that were living under pretty severe oppression? One of the things that I was always told, I think, as somebody who also was interested in theater, is, well, the church and, and going to church in the mass, that was like the original play. And I'm curious of how that experience for you has been. Do you feel that it's similar to preaching in any way? You know, in looking at theater history, it was Ethelwald of Winchester. He would write uh, stage directions for a part of the Easter Vigil that was called the Quemqueritis trope. And then from that comes, you know, the mystery plays, the morality plays, 
and then from that we get the Corpus Christi cycle, which is much later, where from the beginning of the day until the end of the day on the Feast of Corpus Christi, everyone is doing these, these wonderful plays and um, that tell the whole salvation history from uh, the beginning of the creation all the way to the last judgment. Well, we've talked about, you know, the religious symbolism, the history. You taught me a little bit of Latin. I got to brush up on mine. But um, the last thing I want to ask you is just simply, how's it been doing a solo show? It really pushes me to really the edge of my own training, uh, my own stamina. But there is something about it. There's something about the connection with the audience that happens in a solo show that's really unique. And that's been an experience that uh, I have really cherished. You know, to really just have the audience as your scene partner. Uh, I teach acting at, uh, at Fordham, and I was saying this to my students in the acting class, that yeah, you have your scene partner on stage, but you can't forget the scene partner that is the audience. That was Fordham Conversations' David Escobar speaking to George Drance about his one-man show, Asterisk Mark which is open for a limited run at Theatre 315. Fordham Conversations enlist the help of the Fordham community to tell stories about our world. And that's our show for today. I'm Taylor Massetta. And I'm Maya Sargent. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.